0: What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another episode of Expected Bets for episode 60. Uh, wow. So another milestone we've hit, boys. <laughs> no, just- um, you know, they just keep racking up at this stage. But we're going to break down the games for January 11th. We'll go over six of them. Uh, a few good matchups here. A few, obviously, ones that we won't touch on. Um, but be sure to check out kind of our plays of the day that will come out tomorrow as well when the podcast release to see kind of what else we have for the slate. Before we get into some news and notes around the NHL, let's bring in the rest of the crew. Betsky coming off a good win last night for the Oates.
1: Uh yeah, they take was, down
0: Boston. So how we doing? That was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Uh had a little bit of a losing streak there. Uh mullet magic, man. It is a Thrillette. unreal thing in that building. And this is yeah, the second time they've beat them in the mullet, which is the only the second time they played them there. And the second time they've beaten them since 2012. When I was still bartending, and gosh, I was, you know, in my twenties still. How <laughs> so, oh, times oh, have gosh. changed! I know. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow!
2: Yeah. Yeah, wow. no, it's
0: crazy. I mean, it's it's been it's been a fun ride with this team. So. Yeah, uh, Franco. Obviously, we'll touch on this in a second, but it sounds like Philadelphia. The fan base has calmed down right now. enough no real uh, major news out of Philly. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a mild, mild, <laughs> just normal day here. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the fallout now, I guess we'll, we'll go over in a, in a minute, but yeah. Um, feeling you know, a little more, you know, even keel today after that wild couple, you know, 24 hours or whatever with all the news breaking with Gauthier. So, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, crazy here. A lot of stuff going on. So we'll sit, we'll get into it pretty soon here.
0: Yeah, let's get into it right now, obviously. So Gautier's going to Anaheim. Jamie Drysdale's going back to Philly here. Just kind of a crazy 24 hours uh, in terms of trades happening in January. Probably one of the biggest ones that really came out of left field, it seems like here. Um, lot, lot of rumors, a lot of kind of stories coming out after the fact of he told Philly he wanted to play for them at the draft. Then you start to see all kind of these clips coming out after of Torts basically saying, who is this guy, essentially, and then him showing he's a Penguins fan, X, Y, and Z. People speculated Kevin Hayes was involved, the announcers ripping him apart, Philadelphia fans reacting pretty level-headedly. Just, I mean, what was 24 hours? Yeah. So, Frank, I'll get your kind of initial thoughts on this, because it seems like I was kind of glued to Twitter for 24 hours, just watching breaking news come out of every corner of uh Twitter pretty much.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I was actually working that night. Um, I had to work a night shift and I got the news, uh, you know, t- a notification or whatever. And I'm like, hold on, this is fake. This is definitely a fake thing. There's no way. Like, <laughs> What? what are we he talking daddy about yeah either?
0: or something like that yeah. yeah yeah i mean there's
2: a couple guys there's a couple guys on twitter that like post fake like meme shit yeah. for the flyers mm-hmm. because they've been so bad for over the years and it's i i think it's funny it's great but like i definitely thought that's what it was and i'm like okay no this is real this is crazy what i don't know was, the, the first reaction was just like why why would you ever trade a guy like this you just saw what he did in world juniors and you know couldn't possibly have a higher stock than right now and yeah. Um, why trade him for you know on the surface at least what appears to be you know a, a, an, an often injured defenseman at least in his in his early career he's only 21 in Drysdale but um yeah. you know uh, kind of weird on the surface then the news broke about him not wanting to be here and that's when you know Philly does the Philly thing where we say all right um, yeah you're 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 done you know. Uh, quickly turns on him, and everybody is up in arms, obviously, here. Um, Twitter was a blast that night, so that was pretty fun. But, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what's true at this point. Obviously, you know, we're gonna supposedly going to get his side to the story at some point. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess cons- all things considered, if he really didn't want to be in Philly and soured on the franchise for whatever reason it was, it's not – that bad of a haul in, in getting a guy like Drysdale. He's 21. Um, puck moving defenseman you know, with speed that can skate. I don't remember the last time the Flyers had one of those. Never. Uh, Eric Desjardins or something <laughs> like that. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's been pretty brutal for that type of player in Philly. Let's put it that way. Um, you Gus know, Sandheim's been, yeah, gu- yeah, g- spare, I guess, but like Sandheim's been the closest to that over the last few years and he's not the best. Let's put it that way, um, as far as, you know, in his own end and has some issues there. So, I mean, if Drysdale can be the guy that he's supposed to be and, and is hyped up to be, then I'm, I'm excited about it, you know, and, and the whole, to be able to get him in a second for a guy that doesn't want to be here, that's not, not too bad. So, a
1: duck you know, like
2: I said, too, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we're I mean, talking
1: it's, about it's 20 2025 though, not 25,
2: this year. 25, yeah. So I okay. mean, you know, I mean, they would have to, make, to make, make a
1: big leap and now that they're talking about moving Zegras, I mean, that could be a high, you know, pick 36, yeah. you know. Yep.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's pretty good. If if, mm. you know, I I think if that news gets out and everybody knows about it, you're not getting that type of of player back in return. So, Yep. Um I'll take it. Um, hopefully Drysdale works out and we'll see what happens with Gauthier. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it's just crazy in general, the, the entitlement that, that players can have at, at such a young age. And I, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you, you want to play for a team. You've always dreamed to play for a team. And now you got drafted by a team that you hate or don't want to be at or whatever. The, the spotlight's too big or something like that. I, I don't know what his reasoning is obviously, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I we've seen players over the years do it the other route where you just go and play college for four years and then you go to pick the team you want to be with, but um, you know, this is a different different animal so to speak. And uh yeah, I don't know. Like I said, more more even kill today. I was I was uh flipping out that night, you know, so um definitely better and you know, whatever. So uh yeah. what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the return's pretty good. Uh, I don't know how deep you're, I'm not too well versed in the Flyers pipeline as far as like you get what you've drafted in the second round and stuff, but, um, it seems like you need more defensemen. And this is a young one who was top six pick in 2020, which was a hugely, wildly acclaimed draft year. Uh, Drysdale came in and played, I think his rookie year, the following season for the Ducks and had a phenomenal year. And then the following year after that had that major injury. And this year's kind of been up and down with injury. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's much support there as far as young defensemen breaking into that, that team. I mean, Menchikov's looking great, but I, I don't blame. Him as his physique or, or, you know, him being a, a quote unquote like injury prone, prone player yet. I mean, we'll need to see if this continues, obviously. But, um, you know, shit happens sometimes. And, and that was a team that was deprived of bigger people to stand up for younger kids. So Zekers has been out now quite a couple times. And even though they added some bulk and some big boys this season. Uh, still doesn't seem like the team's really like rallied around that type of identity yet. So I think this is a great home for Drysdale. I, I think this is a great defensive unit for him to maybe play a true two way with maybe a little lean on the offensive side type of style Um, towards say what you will about him. But I think he is a good coach for, for certain X amount of years. And then it usually fades away and, I think a lot of players can learn a lot from him when when they are buying into what he's saying or screaming. And uh I I don't mind it. I, I mean if you're getting a player that wants out, I'm glad they didn't wait. Um he cutter could have easily taken the whole four year route and play college the whole time and then you get nothing back. Um so clearly the org was talking to him and feeling it out and, and pulled the trigger when they needed to because you didn't hear anything from A's camp. Like sometimes these players start to raise a stink and obviously he has, he doesn't really have any control of his own destiny in that aspect quite yet, but clearly said enough internal things to where the Flyers organization saw the, uh, Writing on the wall and, and, and made a move. Um, I don't remember the last time we've seen prospects being moved like this, especially prospects that haven't played a day for, for their organization.
2: Well, yeah, that was what was so shocking about it, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why, why are you training a 19 year old that hasn't even sniffed the NHL yet? Why would you even do that? You don't yep. even know what you have.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this 2022 draft is already kind of become an issue too. And along with uh, Gautier, you have Shane, the Shane Wright saga.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a weird
0: up? one. Yeah. It's already, is... I mean, these guys haven't even really made an impact. None of them really have. Um, and it's already two kind of major storylines coming out of this draft. It's pretty, yeah, uh, yeah. it's interesting and- for sure. And honestly, there was a second
1: where Cooley started seeming a little weird because he, he's, he was going to, he played a year in University of Minnesota, uh, was almost a Hobby Baker award winner and, uh, seemed like all the writing on the wall was that he would come back, come to the sign with the Coyotes and decide to play again for University of Minnesota. And then later in the off season, he, he signed and now he's a Coyote. But man, when that news came out that he was going to play again, I was scared shitless. I figured that was Blake
2: Wheeler. You were probably having flashbacks right there. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, especially because that was like right after all the arena news. I mean, it looked bad. Yeah. I wonder what this is going to do for teams drafting NCAA eligible or, or committee players, you know. Uh... It's already a a little bit of a gamble. I mean, I would say most of the these these players who get drafted and then go play for in college don't hold out for four years. But now we're seeing a, a move where the the player doesn't even need to hold out for four years get traded.
2: Yeah, because right, they always the have before. that.
1: Yep, yep, they have it in their back pocket. So. I, I would say over the past four to five, maybe six years, we've seen kind of a decline in, in um, CHL, the prospects. I mean, the, maybe not the quality, because we're still seeing top end prospects come out of those leagues, but the quantity of that quality seems to be dipping. And I think we're seeing the US program become pretty dominant, uh, definitely rising up the ranks. And we're seeing kind of the Euro leagues start making. Quite a bit of uh, uh, noise again. Um,
0: I, mean, it's I don't know what this. Juniors. Yes, and like and, it's, it's. Yeah, I mean, this year it was crazy too. At yep. the World Juniors, so yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I wonder if this is going to make more teams pause on drafting a kid who's talking about going to the NCAA. I mean, and Canadians are allowed to do it too, but uh, you know, kids that are committed pre-draft or talking about going post-drafts or maybe if they played their quote-unquote senior year in in college uh, this may start to be a red flag of do you really want to use the top five pick on a kid that's you know already at BU and could have four good years there and essentially write his own destiny especially for some of the more you know shaky organizations out there but yeah. Should be interesting. I think I think this will have more impacts than just a Flyers and Ducks trade. Oh, I mean, it already is. I mean, there's already yeah. Zegers rumors now, right?
0: Yeah, this 2022 draft, kind of going through it again. It could go down as one of the uh, the weakest classes we've seen, or just one of the most chaotic classes, kind of depending on how things round up, especially kind of given those top ten picks. Speaking of rookies, Connor Bedard out six to eight weeks here. Uh, yeah. Tough hit. You kind I kind of saw it, it looked clean relatively, yeah. um, shoulder to that. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's any yeah. really debate here, yeah. um, in terms of kind of, um, any suspensions coming, but the implications now, if we look to the Calder here, so Bedard is still the favorite here, minus 150. He leads all rookies in points with 33. Next up, you have Rossi and Fantilli tied at 24 as well, but. The next favorite up is Luke Hughes at uh, four to one. Brock Faber uh, five and a half to one, and Fantilli at eight to one. Here, so I guess the question here is: any? Are you looking to kind of steer any other direction besides Bedard in terms of winning this award, given he's out six to eight weeks? Uh,
1: so I already money on Cooley, and, okay. and him playing with Gunther the past two games has been a little bit of a revelation. He's he was kind of brought back down to the fourth line. I'm not saying I think he has a shot yet, but if he keeps on heating up, I don't know how far back he is as far as the rookie point race goes, but I got 19 and the top is 33. And then, and, but then what's uh, Rossi Rossi and
0: Fantilli are 24. So he's not far back from second place. Really? Yep. Um, and I imagine the
1: odds are pretty good right now. Thirty to one. Yep.
0: So yeah, really
2: good. <laughs>
1: yeah, I may actually put a couple extra bucks on it. Um, I do like Rossi a lot, but how long is Kaprizov out?
2: Yeah, that hurts his stock
1: for sure. The, the, that entire team not being great. So the Calder's a weird one because it really always has felt like which rookie puts up the most points, right? Yes. But everybody knows it should be Bedard. So, at what point here is it slightly storyline based? Because Luke you ha- Hughes, you have without to, like, Jack exceed. Hughes,
2: you have to exceed yes. expectations, like big time. I think to be able to beat Bedard, I, I, that's what's coming I down. There.
1: So let me let me paint a picture. <laughs> All right, Luke Hughes. On a powerhouse team that has struggled through injuries and now Jack is out, I, I really think it's going to slide at this point. I don't know. Maybe he runs away with it. Maybe, maybe he starts producing more points, but it's hard enough for a defenseman to make it. I'll take Faber over him just as far as the impact that, that player's having. Marco Rossi, I think probably has the best chance of getting the most points here now if if bedard's out for truly eight weeks which would what put it till into march so they'll probably have another month of play time if he's six weeks i think bedard could probably still get it um I just don't know if Minnesota's going to be able to make the playoffs and make a huge impact, especially if Kaprizov's out for a while. And I, Rossi has not been producing all that much these past couple games without Zuccarella and Kaprizov in the lineup.
2: Yeah. Zook's back at least. So that will and help. Zuc's back yeah. at
1: least, but yeah. even Zuccarella's, I mean, he's only been back. What this is this like the second two games, game?
2: Two games maybe, yeah. Or yeah. is this
1: third? Coming up tonight. Um, But. I don't feel like. He's been like carrying the weight.
2: No he's never been that type of guy.
1: No. Now if the Yotes can make the playoffs. And Cooley. Lands in second place. in, In rookie scoring. Let's say Rossi has two more points. Than him. But Yotes make the playoffs. And Cooley makes a big push here. Where he's putting up. Let's say he puts up thirty points in these last forty games or so. How's that look?
0: Yeah, I mean it's cert- it's certainly an argument. I I completely agree with that. Um, I guess my my next question here is: so Luke Hughes four to one here. He's currently got twenty three points, so he's one behind second place right now. If he ends the season, let's say with five less points, 10 less points even than Bedard. Does he have a shot? I think, no it, I no think
1: Devils have to make the playoffs. Because if they don't, I think there's no narrative for it.
2: And I just, th- I mean, it's tough enough for defensemen, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. the the only year where that wasn't the case was with Cider, And that kind of worked the flip-flop way where Bunting had the most points, but... Snyder was overwhelmingly was the guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody bashed on that. I was <laughs> pissed. I had a bunting uh, ticket there, but uh, yeah. I mean, typically it is most points, right? So I I don't know. I I think the narrative is is like the main driving factor, like you said. In that year, the narrative was Snyder was on such a poor Detroit team, and he was still, you know, putting up a great plus minus and putting up points and and playing crucial minutes. That it didn't matter how many points Bunting had. So this yeah. is going to be the same case with Bedard, where it's like Bedard is just so freaking talented that it doesn't matter how many points this guy or this guy is going to put up. So, like you said, it's it's almost like it has to be has something to be special.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree, I agree, and I I honestly still think Bedard will probably win it,
0: but it's so their value I... on Bedard at only minus one fifty right now. I like go down more or up more yeah, rather. It, yeah, if yeah, if anything it's got to drop, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's going to go. So if this is a, if you're going to grab it now, I think 150 is not a terrible number. I will no, I, I think, I only I think put it's a gonna half on Oh, you think it's going to go towards like even money?
2: I would think so. Yeah. Like like what what if Ross say tomorrow Ross puts up 2 points or something What like if he gets
0: that. a hat trick? Yeah.
2: Yeah or, or whatever, yeah. I mean, I just, I have a Rossi ticket too, but I, like, I'm not confident I at this point. No. Like, I, I, I just don't see the narrative where he, unless he just goes on an absolute tear, Kaprizov comes back, yeah. Minnesota pushes for the playoffs. Like, I, yep. how far are they out? I mean,
1: it's bad now.
2: It's there's a really second. Bad.
1: There's a second where they're clawing back up, but it's bad now. And I don't. Again, I don't remember how long Kaprizov's out.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that will big. probably. It's,
1: so he's at not, not like he's yeah. been. A, it's not like he's been a normal caprice. It's, uh, he's they
0: did, like form, you
2: know, Jesus, they did find that form though. Yeah. They did find that form when they had the coaching yes. change, but yeah.
0: It's, yeah. yeah, they went on the street for a little bit. Now they're uh, struggling. But so do you wait the six to eight weeks, see where Bedard's line moves if it's close yeah. to plus money, and if yeah. no one's still ahead of him in terms of thirty nine points, you just take it then. I'm hedging with Bedard in maybe like four weeks here. I like it. Yeah. I, th- I think yep. you monitor the injury news and then see, let everyone catch up a little bit. Yep. Let the line move back. And then you hammer Bedard at plus money. Yep. But I think even to start the system or the season, I don't think he was plus money. I think he was minus, no, minus was 120. No, it was minus 120, 120. Open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you can get a better number than that mid season, I think you jump on it. And it was Bedard, who yeah, and you, Luke, I think Hughes, he followed, he followed his recovery. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I think it's a pretty smart play at that point. And and if they
1: if they the longer it seems, I, I would put more tickets out on on Faber, Hugh, Luke Hughes, Rossi, Cooley, obviously, those four. But I'm I'm fading Luke. He's probably my least favorite out of those other four right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, think Jack out, that team that team's gonna be
1: rough yeah. right now. And honestly, I think Faber's been more impressive. The, yes. minute, the, guy, the kid's been playing thirty minutes a night.
2: It's it's insane what he's doing. Yeah,
1: but again, right. you know, Cooley Cooley playing with Gunther looks like a thing after two games. It's only been two games, but that's a top nine pick. A couple of years ago, that has Max Pacioretty kind of tangibles and skill set, and he's playing with a pure playmaker now. Third line mismatch everywhere. Uh, they look like they're building chemistry. It, the, the, you know, I'm a homer, obviously, but that that could that could spike real quick here. So I'm probably yeah. going to put a quarter unit. I already have a half unit on Cooley. I probably will put a quarter unit here while it's like max value, and then in four weeks, if things are still not making much sense, I'll probably. Put a full unit on Bedard to hedge my half unit Rossi, and three fourths unit Cooley bets that I have.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna sprinkle Cooley at that number. I, I like the I like the value there.
1: It's it's too good a value. He's yeah, not that far one. out. He's been slumping. He was being played on the fourth line. We're, Hayton's coming back. We're finally going to have a full healthy team here. And again, if they find a way to make the playoffs. One, Tierney, the head coach, needs to be considered for Jack Adams, too, but
0: you got the narrative in place then. Yeah, I agree. Um, last last topic I want to touch on before we get into the games here, too. Um, the shots on goal market seems to be completely gone in the NHL. I know, Franco, you kind of stay away from it, or have stayed away from it, which is smart. Welcome to
2: the parties, pals.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, last night, too – um, I saw Griffey, Griffey Betts, um, shout out him kind of tweet his, uh, retirement in terms of the shots on goal market last night after Thompson and Ehlers both, and it was zero, which is something I've rarely seen if at all in terms of this market, but it's gotten, it feels like just overly inflated in terms of the numbers, the prices you're getting on these guys and in terms of the selection overall. So, um, uh, Betsy, any thoughts on kind of the current state of the shots on goal market?
1: last night was brutal uh last night was real ugly for all my plays uh shots were really bad last night but I, I actually think for it being January and we've seen slowdowns in Januarys before the past couple of weeks have been pretty decent to be honest I mean late I've had number yeah yeah I've had, well late yeah, December right. was bad no no late December was bad I would say since winter classic and I know that's only been like a week and a half now, there's been some big names being very consistent. I mean, there's been a lot of plays that I kind of got hooked because of, you know, one guy who I actually went a little off the wall with. And if I just took the chalky guy, it would have been fine. Uh, I mean, when you look down the lineup, my has been great lately. Connect me has been fantastic. Um I know I sound, I'm not making a great case here with me blanking, but. um <laughs>
2: No, I, I agree though. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people cashing shot on gold props over the last like week or so. So yeah, last night I, was a bad night for that, but
1: last night was a bad night, but happens. I, I, now all that being said is as we get closer to the all-star break, it does tend to slow down. So that may have just been a little, you know, resurgence from the holiday break. And then, and yeah. then it may get really ugly here, but I'm not, I'm not totally done with it yet. I'll okay. probably play it out a little bit longer here. The start of the season was so year- weird that uh, I think we could maybe see some guys who just weren't shooting before kind of finding that that groove again. I mean, Maddie tachuk has been great. It's that been better. Entire, yeah. The Panthers team's been pretty good again. Reinhardt. Reinhardt's been fantastic. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm just trying to think of more names off the top of my head. I mean, Panarin's still cruising at 3.5. Uh, Crosby just hit a 3.5 line again, and he was just getting a little bit cold. Gensel's gotten like four or five straight. Or he missed last game against the Flyers, but he was one of pretty much the only Pittsburgh Penguin main guy you would go to that missed. Connecting, Tippett, uh, I'm just trying to think of teams at this point. The Toronto boys have been great. Tavares is on that huge streak uh Larkin For while, uh, yeah. if you if you picked Larkin Kane, um Vitrano on Sunday that Detroit Ducks game you would have hit all three of those guys easy eilers yeah, has Vetrano, been great
2: man Vitrano's been great actually I don't know why I have been looking at him Even last year he was looking good at him.
1: I yeah, keep looking at, at him
2: and not betting him at yeah. Yeah, at home especially yeah
1: But he missed two games ago I, I know Yeah <laughs> 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 um yeah no, I, I agree. Still been good. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's definitely value there, but there, I mean, there's probably more landmines than years before. Yes, it's but. it's
2: just you got to be more selective this year. Like, like in in years past, it was just like, okay, what's the slate? These are the guys. Bam, easy, without yeah. much thought, you know. And now yeah. it's more like, okay, this dude's been eight, nine, ten games in a row. Like, he's going to miss. It's it's. Yeah. He he doesn't have an incentive. To, like, there's, it's not like a point streak or a goal streak or anything like that. Mm. It's just shots. Like, he doesn't have an extra incentive to be like, oh, well, I hit my shot on goal prop 15 times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Like, he's just playing the game. So, like, if that happens to be that game where, like, stuff's just not going, like, his first couple shots get blocked, um, teams are focusing more on him and he's passing instead, like, that's what people aren't, like, factoring into this, you know? It's, yeah. It, that, that's, you know, it's, it, there's no incentive to the player extra for yeah. them to, to have extra shots in a given game. So the streak thing, as much as we're like driven by it, like, and, and we have to use something to base our research off of a, a shot on goal streak doesn't mean shit. Like, to be frank, no, but
1: it, like, it, it does, it doesn't, go, you know? it does it, go, it does go.
2: It shows, it shows that they're playing though. confidence. Yes. It, it shows that they're playing with confidence, right? Yeah. So like, you hope that they continue. And obviously you look at volume and all that fun stuff as well. And, and that yeah. plays into it. But I'm just saying on the surface, like, y- you know, you see stats and you're like, Oh, 10 games in a row, or this guy's hit eight games in a row, nine games in a row. Like that doesn't mean anything, especially yeah. if it's three shots on three attempts. Like if you're not looking that extra bit to see that, like it doesn't matter. His yeah. last two games, Oh, he had three shots on three attempts. Like, he was that close to missing those last two games. Yeah. You yeah, hit, that's great, but you didn't bet them. Yeah. You know, so and, and you're and, hopping on the wagon late and, yeah. and that's yes. why you, why you end up losing.
1: And the killer thing is in years before you could do three guys to get around plus 700 and up value. And now you're having yeah. to do four to five. And that's where, that's where the issue is to me. I don't, I don't think, I I do think score stack keepers have been asked to be a little bit tighter on it too, because there's more money on it. Absolutely. I I agree with that too. Yeah. And, and so I think we are seeing some volume go and the books aren't, you know, the books don't need to adjust. Um, but I think we're also seeing that they've bumped the line. So, or juice the line so bad that, uh you, you just can't get the same value out of a parlay, and 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 then and the in the end of the day, every single bet is fifty fifty if it's going to hit, right? No matter yeah. how good the guy is yeah. playing against a crap, the crappiest team in the league, or the crappiest team in the league could be playing the best team in the league. Look at Edmonton,
0: Chicago last night too.
1: 15, exactly, fifteen shots. How's that 15, possible? Yeah, exactly. So in the end of the day, it's either the the bet hits or it doesn't hit. There's no way around it. Obviously, there's pushes, but it uh, it hits or it doesn't hit. So if I flip a coin, I could get heads 15 times in a row. It's the same probability yeah, of that's me. That's in the shop problem. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
2: in, the gambling. The
1: day, in the end of the day, yep. It's so gambling. all we can do is like try to find the best liens, try to find the guys who have great volume because they are feeling it at that point. But we don't know when that ends. We don't know when they got in an argument with their girlfriend at the hotel and the next day they just aren't there Mentally, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah. uh, for, I, for I, think, I think, I think that's why so it feels bad. worse. I think it's, I don't think it's all that different. Yeah. I think there are, uh, and year, season over season, we're going to have to get used to it. There's going to be names that adjust like McKinnon used to hit at home at a 70% clip rate. Maybe that stat keeper has to count shots a little bit tighter and now he's not yeah. hitting that much. Because his yeah. attempts are still there.
2: Well, and obviously the Florida guy is gone. The Florida
0: guy is gone or he yeah. has been talked
2: to. The rest, like, yeah. Four one out for that dude. Yeah, he needs yeah. a banner or
0: something at the local bar yeah. or something for all the yeah. money he's made those uh, patrons. At the Hard Rock sure. Casino. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're yeah. probably the ones that fired him. But <laughs> Very true. All right, let's get into the games for tomorrow, January right. 11th. We have six games that we're going to go through here. We'll start the first one, uh, Los Angeles at Florida here. LA speaking of the keeper. One, yeah, speaking of the legend. Uh, uh, LA plus 114 on the money line. Uh, Florida minus 135 over under set at six here. Juice slightly to the over. Interesting matchup here. It seems like a tale mm-hmm. of two stories with these teams here. LA has lost their last six in this one. Florida opposite of that. Red hot on an eight game winning streak going to this one. A few storylines in this one. Obviously, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, demoted to the fourth line. We saw that tweet come out yesterday. Uh, it makes sense. You just kind of see more and more clips on Twitter of him just kind of coasting around. Franco, I think you're his number one hater. So this is a victory lap for you at, uh, <laughs> at this point. So credit to you. We talked about his contract too. It's actually just absurd. Eight and a half million until 2031. Seven more seasons he's on the books for. So have fun, Kings fan. Um, yeah. In-
1: it's not going to be bad all seven years of it, but he's clearly more of a four to point five to five mil player, and I'm sure there's going to be years he bounces back, and they all feel like it's worthwhile
0: again. But in the end, yeah, between the assets kind of like they the, gave up and then after they gave up. After he uh, signed a big one at Buffalo yeah may, maybe'll like so yeah maybe it'll, yeah, no, but it'll he's it'll never
1: really right done that. that before he's never even been at a skinner level to be honest, but
0: yeah. well, if he
1: plays like a good two c for two more years, three more years, that's my prediction out he of seven more plus. years he has th- two to three good two c years, and it's not that's still not worth that contract and what they gave up so I, I
2: mean, I think it comes down to motivating him, right? Like mm-hmm. he's got the talent. It's just, I think he knows he has the talent, and then he's just like, yeah, I'll just get by on that. We're good. Yeah. So I, 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 think that's what's most frustrating about him is is he's a talented player. It's just you, you can tell he he doesn't have it sometimes. Yeah. And right now is that that stretch.
0: Um, I'll start with you here, Betsky. Any plays in um this Florida Kings game?
1: Well, Florida's coming off maybe one of the best road trips I've seen, and, and Winnipeg's had a very similarly great road trip too. But playing, you know, kind of the the dog shit teams, for lack of better words, in the West, uh, where Florida's kind of gone through the best of the best of the West. Um, and I, I get, a, I, I like to pump the brakes on the, my. Teams the teams I like generally coming home from a big road trip like that. So this is one where I think the Kings are gonna need a big pushback. Uh they've been a great road team all season and this one this trip has not gone that way. Um Talbot not being healthy is hurt. Copley being out for the what the rest of the season. That's not gonna be great either with a team that already had some goalie issues, but yeah. um I think this is a spot where I'll take the Kings money line any day on this. Uh I, I don't know what it's at right off the bat. Plus but, 115.
0: Poof! Yeah, please give that to me. Um, yeah, they've been great on the road too, 13-3-2 this season.
1: Yep. So I feel like this is a spot where you're going to get a sleepy team that had a lot to be happy about. Coming home, getting back into their beds, feeling good about themselves, and now they got a team that is hurting, who has lost
0: six straight. Wow. Six straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and all, you look at the last two games. All too. three
1: games on the road trip, too.
0: Yeah, their uh, their efforts have been better as of late. They took Tampa yep. Bay to overtime. Yeah. Uh, lost four to three to Washington. Another shootout loss bad loss to Toronto, and then a shootout loss to Edmonton. So it's not like they're necessarily getting killed in these games. They're pretty close. Um, I don't hate that look at all, and especially, too, their last game on Tuesday, they played in Tampa. So it's not a long road trip, really, at all. No, Uh, no, they've probably been hanging out in Miami a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So you wonder, does the hangover play a role for the Kings now? Slump buster. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Real here? quickly, this is one where I'm probably going to stay away from the shots, even though, I, okay. I, as much as I normally love going heavy on Florida at home, um, Kings are very good against shots. And these are two top five teams for shooting. But again, you may have a sleepy cats team and a motivated Kings team. And I don't know how
0: you look at that or how you favor that. But yeah. Franco, any looks for you here in this one?
2: I mean, I want to agree with you, Betsky, on the L.A. side here, just because historically this is a terrible spot for Florida. Um 4-0 on a road trip wins mm-hmm. prior to that as well. You know, the typical fat and happy coming home from a road trip and feeling good about yourself. But it seems like the Kings can't get out of their own way right now. Um mm. 2-0 against Tampa in that game and they blow that lead late and lose in overtime. I feel like it's kind of like, I, I mean, I mean, maybe I just lay off because of that. Cause I, I wanted to, I want to back Florida just because I feel like when you're bad, you're just bad. And right now that's what the Kings are. They're like, they lost what they had going earlier in the season. They're not getting the same goaltending. Um, and, and I thought that was a weakness going into the season. And now it's kind yeah. of starting to show its head a little bit. So,
1: yeah.
2: and they're not, they're just not showing the same performance that they were showing, the same dominance, the same um, scoring as well. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't bank back LA. I, I guess the price is pretty decent, plus 115, but at least it's not minus money. I think they were minus money against Tampa the other day. So, I get it. They're, they've been great on the road, but I I'm always of the mind that like, if if you've on a cold streak like this and you're not hitting, you're not playing well, like there's no reason to back a team like that. So I, I would say Florida pass. Um, and when I look at like the stats, like historically with these teams too, not too many Kings, like really stand out as being having great performances against Florida. So that kind of worries me as well. Um, whereas the Florida players stand out more so. So, I mean, Verhage looks great. Um, probably, honestly, I think you just bet Verhage and Reinhardt goal every game until, yeah. yeah. like, this stops. And you're probably going to at least go one and one and make some profit there. So that will probably be, like, what I'll go with when when all's said and done. Probably lay off the money line and just ride those two goal scorers because they've just been red hot. Kachuk is as well, man. I mean, he looks – rejuvenated. Where the hell has this guy been? Yep. Yeah, yep. so injured. He been?
1: He's been injured.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess like the, just like that long layoff and lingering effects from the injury. I don't know, but yep. I mean, maybe he's back. If that's the case, I mean, Florida hasn't looked right for like the good chunk of the year. They they didn't look like that team that we saw last year. That's for sure. And maybe they're starting to round into that form, and and that's kind of scary. I mean, Baboski's been good. Again, like he has his stretches always where, he, where he, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not like, they're not a team that concedes a ton of goals and, and their, their penalty kill was like 31st a few weeks ago. Yep. Probably probably, well, probably like two months ago, say, and now they're like top five. yeah So, I mean, that, that's crazy what we've seen this turnaround. And obviously like, you know, getting Montour and Ekblad back, you know, months ago plays into that, but, um, I don't know. I, I can't go against Florida here, so that's probably where I'm gonna end up.
0: Yeah. I mean I I took these stats uh Tuesday night, so or uh Tuesday afternoon, so didn't affect uh Tuesday's games, but for Hagee, you mentioned him. It's been great as of late, five of five, seven of his last ten, and then six of seven at home here. And then even on the uh Kings side too, there's a few bright stars despite um kind of their Six-game losing streak here. Kopitar's been great on the road. He's hitting nine of his last 10 here. And even Kempe, too. He's hitting eight of his last 10 on the road. So a few guys to target. Dowdy shots. uh Hitting each of his last eight games on the road. He's at one and a half. So probably going to be a little bit juiced there. But And then the last guy I had was just Reinhardt. who's just been automatic. Five of his last six at home. And eight of his last 10 overall. So that's all I have here. Betsy, I don't mind the Kings in this matchup here. I think that's kind of where I'm going to lean Uh, On this one, it's going to be interesting to see the goaltender matchup. Um, They put Bob back in that after his uh, his break for a while, and then he let up for his last start. So we'll see if they uh, put him back in, but we'll just monitor that moving forward. Uh, The next game up we have here is Vancouver at Pittsburgh here. Vancouver plus 105 on the money line. Pittsburgh. Minus 125 over under at six and a half here. I'll start with you, Franco. Any plays in this one?
2: This kind of feels like a bad spot for Vancouver, I would say. Um, they're in the middle of seven-game road trip here. Um, this will be the fifth game of it. They're four and one so far. I, or I guess it will be six game of the road trip. But, um, yeah, I mean, long road trip. Eventually, there has to be a letdown, right? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I don't know if that means it's this game. Um, Pittsburgh's kind of been playing a little bit better, but they've been up and down, hit or miss. It doesn't seem like they can really string anything together either. So um, I kind of lean Pittsburgh here. But um, one thing I thought was like really interesting here is no matter what it seems like when you look at historicals against teams, even if it's teams that are um, not in the same conference and, and stuff like that, Guys like Patterson, JT Miller on this Vancouver team still stick out, right? You know, it might be, oh, they only played four games against them in the last however many years, but they have seven points. Like, it, that's it just is always how it is, but yet that's not the case here in, in this. Um, Miller has one goal in four games. Patterson has one assist in, in four games against Pittsburgh. I don't know why that is, but, like, it's kind of shocking to see two absolute, like, I mean, pretty much point to two point per game players, not even scratching a point every four games. So I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting because um, I I, I want to just kind of stay on that wagon with that line um, going together. Um, I've been hitting Miller and Patterson point together has been bettable. A couple of nights I, I added Besser the last night and that missed because he didn't record a point. But I mean, since that line's been put together, they've been, an absolute wagon. Um, It seems like they're scoring two to three goals every night between those three. So despite that history, I still feel like you have to go there. Um, But that's why I kind of was leaning a little bit towards the Pittsburgh side because of just not seeing what you'd want to see there. Um, On the Pittsburgh side though, Carlson eight assists in six games against Vancouver and he's kind of heating up as well. Uh, Goal and three assists in his last three games um, not really picking on the shots on goal for you guys, but um, yeah, I mean his assist prop should be bettable, I would think, given the matchup. I don't think his point prop, you know, is probably gonna be like minus one seventy or something like that. So, that's probably where I would look, I guess, here or the assists. I feel like, um, he's been bumped up to one and a half points and. No matter what, he seems to be getting an assist pretty much every game, and the bet is still bettable every time. It's kind of like an under-the-radar thing that I keep not betting and keep looking at and um, seeing it cash. So
0: maybe I'll actually take it
2: this time. That, that means he's scarring. definitely not going to get one. Yeah, he's
0: I I <laughs> uh, Betsy, any looks for you in this
1: one? I'll I'll, I'll... Keep on going with the shots, props here, but, uh, Brian Russ, that home is a thing. Um, I don't know how he is against Vancouver off the top of my head, but he's been matchup proof before. He's back from injury. He's kind of, I don't even know if he's hit and it's two games back, but his volume's been going up a little bit. And I feel like this is a nice spot for him to kind of get back on that wagon of being at like a 75% clip rate at home. So. I'll probably look into that. Um, Crosby, I'm going to wait another game. I mean, it was against the, the Flyers, who, who he was always very motivated against uh, to put up shots. His volume was really low for a little bit there. So want to see if he kind of starts stringing games together again because Gensel seemed to be taking a lot of those shots away. Um I, I like the Pittsburgh money line, too. I think that's my favorite side here. Um, I feel like this may be an under game, too, because those Vancouver games have been flying over lately, and it's been two games where you kind of expected it to go maybe under, and it has not happened yet. So maybe this is the game where Vancouver tries to play a really tight game, and Pittsburgh squeaks out a win 3-1 to one or something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm on the opposite side, actually. I kind of like the yeah. over here. I, I, it's hard not to like the matchup. over. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at Jari. So, obviously, him and Adjelkovic have been flip-flopping each game in this yep. one. Uh Jari, three goals against in each of his last two, uh, from what I can see here, too. And DeSmith got the last start for Vancouver in that win against the Islanders. But Demko has allowed multiple goals, uh, three or more in three of his last four starts here, too. Vancouver's offense, also the last ten, has been buzzing. Mm-hmm. Even Pittsburgh's offense has been great, and Vancouver's yeah. defense has also started to allow more goals, and that's kind of directly correlated to shots against too. Vancouver starting to give up a few more as of late, so I don't mind the over here six and a half minus one twenty here. So that's probably going to be my lone play in uh, in this one, but yeah, fair we'll enough. see what happens. Yeah,
2: huge missed opportunity for them not to be starting to Smith here if they are indeed starting Demko. Come on, man, you gotta give the guys revenge.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. I mean, and the Smith is pretty good in his last one. Uh, two mm-hmm. goals against, but only yeah. Uh, and shots. and you would
2: think he'd be motivated. I mean, why why wouldn't you roll
1: him in that game? You know, something else I double check. I wonder how Rick Tockett coach teams have done against Pittsburgh since he's left.
0: It's like a stat muse.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's the only
0: website I could think of. Whoever has of that, that, premium, uh, that. that premium subscription, send us <laughs> over. No one's Twitter. So, yeah, had yeah, a uh, uh in the DMs. Yeah. But next game up here, we got New Jersey at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus 135 on the money line over under, set at six and a half here. In New Jersey, five and two in their last seven, 12, six and oh on the road. Tampa Bay, six and four in their last 10, but have been much better at home, 12, five. And three, New Jersey obviously dealing with a bunch of injury issues, um, kind of coming into this game here. So I'll start with you here, Betzky. Any looks in this one?
1: And it's got to be Tampa money line. I, I, got, I really think this is an ugly looking game. Um, Jersey without Hughes fully doing nothing, Meyer out. I don't trust he sure with – I mean, you're looking at almost a completely different team build-up, so I'm not touching anything on the Jersey side. So, I don't know. I, I mean, if you want to get chalky with it. I don't, you know what? Kucherov over 1.5 points looks really good as far as just Jersey allowing a ton of goals lately. Tampa wanting to really start turning this around after kind of a disastrous road trip and then a big win against the Kings. Uh I don't know how his history is against the Devils right off the top of my head, but, again, this is a uh, borderline tank-worthy Devils roster on paper right now with Hughes out, Hamilton out, Meyer out. Um The other side I would probably take a peep at, especially because he's probably going to get more minutes, is Andre Palat playing his he's team. He's out. No, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Good drop points and Tampa money line look good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like it. I like Tampa Bay money line a lot here. Um, and this has been really good lately too. So. Yeah, Franco, any looks for you in this one?
2: Yeah, i I probably lean Tampa as well here at home. They're just so much better. Um, maybe team total or something like that as well. I feel like just. I feel like every Devils game, they just give up three to four goals no matter what. Like, that's the starting point, and yeah. it could get worse than that if the goalie's just playing terribly. So um, one guy that's weird, though, I guess kind of in a way or sticks out a little bit for the Devils is Michael McLeod.
0: Three yeah, goals in good. his last
2: three games and assist. Like, I mean, I don't think we're going to get his point prop. If we did, that would be kind of nice, like, you know, like a plus 150 type of guy. Um, but I like I like Mercer there. Um, and Hagel point for Tampa.
0: Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, I like those plays. Any, uh, any other thoughts here? Besky, I think we're just agreement here. Tampa Bay money line, just kind yep. of roll with that in this one. Um, the other guys too, in terms of kind of point props for Tampa Bay, haven't really stuck out to me. Uh, point usually shots on goal, kind of any of those guys, but. I think we're just gonna roll with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be right now a Devils team that isn't. You know, it's half the roster. The usual roster. I'm I'm gonna wait and see. if are they gonna allow a ton of shots? Or are they gonna play a tight defensive game and try
0: to squeak by two one wins? But, yeah. I mean, yeah. And you look at Vasilevsky too. Obviously, he's been better. I think in his last mm-hmm. few starts, but he yep. has not had a great. Uh, year after he's come back from that injury at all? No. Nope. No. Next game up here, we have uh, Toronto at the Islanders here. The Islanders uh, have lost four of the last five, just continuing to struggle. Toronto on a four-game win streak here, pretty solid on the road. And he looks yeah. for you here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is one where I want to go straight to Tavares shots. I know these needs ex-Islanders. I don't actually think he's Always been very good against them historically with his shots on goal, but that streak that he was just on was pretty insane. I know he dropped it against the Sharks, maybe two in a row against the Sharks, but that's an easy team. You don't always have to give it your all when you're up four to zero halfway through the second. So I'm going to chalk it up to bad opponent and see if he gets going right back on schedule with, uh, Kind of that crazy shot streak he's been having lately. Um, Islanders are extremely leaky. The past couple times Tavares has faced the Islanders since he became Toronto. That wasn't the case. This is kind of a different style version of the Islanders we're seeing right now. So, uh, yeah, this is the spot where I'm probably going to lean a little bit in the shots market. Um Nelson's been fantastic at home. He wasn't able to get it against Vancouver, but when you're hitting 80% at home, generally that means after you miss, you're probably going to bounce back. So Brock Nelson shots may be something to look at as well. And, uh, Toronto's been kind of struggling against shots on top of that. So those are probably the two ones that really stand out immediately. Um, I don't know what to make of the Islanders goaltending and it makes me want to kind of jump on maybe some power play points from the Toronto side too. So Nylander's been hitting his power play point 50% this season. Yeah. You can get a lot of value on that. Um Had two-point nights against San Jose. Give me his power play point if it's around even money or even slightly plus money. It doesn't seem like the books have caught on that. The Islanders are really kind of an over team right now. So you can get a lot more value on uh point props than you would expect, to be honest.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a few guys for shots, too. Uh, Andrews Lee has been good at home as well. Six of his last eight he's hit there, and then four of his last five overall as well. Marner, too, has started to pick up his shot volume as well. Hitting each of his last five greater samples, six of his last seven, and then five of his last five on the road as well. So he's another guy that will probably look for. He's usually a little bit juiced, but uh, we'll see what happens in this one. Franco, any looks in uh, Toronto uh, New York.
2: I I agree with you guys on Tavares. I think it's a perfect bounce back spot after the miss the other day. So, gotta go right back to him on Long Island. It's just a must. I feel like um,
0: he just got his what thousandth career point against him
2: Yeah, yeah. He yeah. had a two point game in that played, game yeah. too. So that that was awesome. Um, so I mean, his shots probably something to do with points with him as well. I don't know if you want to go goal. Um, go assist, whatever you want to do, um, split a unit between them or something like that. I don't mind that. Um, Horvat point stood up to me too, as well. Um, I don't know if you're going to get value on it, but four points in his last three games and, uh, 14 points in 14 games against, uh, Toronto historically. So, um, he was a guy that let me down the other day and his, uh, you know, game against Vancouver. I thought he yeah. would have. And I know it wasn't in Vancouver, so maybe that's why. Um, but, yeah, the two games he has played against Vancouver, he's been very productive. So um, pretty good history here for him against Toronto. So I don't I don't know what that driving factor is or anything like that, but I, I don't mind him either if I can get a good price on his point.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, second to last game up, we have Calgary at Arizona here. Calgary minus minus one eighteen on the money line. Uh over under set at six here, slightly juiced the under in this one. Looks like some good targets here. Um I'll start with you here, Betskabi's your team, but anyway, any which way you're leaning in terms of sides, totals, props, where are you going with this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can get a Gunther point, that's definitely something I'd look into. He had an assist in a goal last game and a goal his first game since being called up, but Cooley's on his line as well, plus both of them are getting power play time. I believe Gunther was on the top unit for a little bit last game. Um, So those are probably going to be some plus money props to kind of look at and circle, especially because... Calgary is kind of a team you can exploit a little bit with depth. Right now, they seem to be more of a top-two line type team as far as their forwards go. They just still have a very solid uh, blue line there, but um, I think you can see some mismatches, especially as Zona keeps on getting healthier. Um, it's not one that I love as far as shots go. Shockingly, Arizona's really cut them back. Now, Calgary is like a top-five team for shots four, but it's really spread out. So, I mean, codgery has been pretty decent at that three. Well, very good against the three line, but he's usually set at 3.5. Backlund's really been up and down. Coleman will have three games in a row where he flies past the 2.5 line and then just disappears for three games. Uh, the only one that seems very consistent right now is Sharon Govich on the top line, and he's been having a, an insane volume as far as his shot attempts go. I think he's going around seven to eight most of his games in his last five or so. So that may be the
0: only kind of shots area I'll lean on this one. But. Any thoughts on Derzy here? I have him circled. He said in four ah, of his yeah. last five, seven of his last eight, and then seven of his last ten kind at of home. Before he kind of went on the streak, you get him maybe around minus 110 to even money in terms of the one-and-a-half line. And it seems like mm-hmm. every game it slips five cents, and I think now it's around that minus 145 minus 150 line, so almost turning into a parlay piece at this rate. Yeah, but it's a nice parlay piece. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's where he was earlier this year too, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Franco, any uh, looks for you in this one?
2: Um, I'm probably just going to bet Gunther goal because why the hell not? Um, I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't didn't grab him last night um, after getting him his first game. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I like what the kid brings to the ice. He just – As it, I guess you would say, right? And, and with Cooley on his line too, I mean, that's exciting. I I mean, Bessie, you gotta be amped up right now seeing these two guys showing out and, and especially against Boston, you know, it's not like
1: they're
2: playing against Chicago or something like that. So, um, yeah, a little bit of excitement for, for Arizona right now. Um, they were kind of, would they lose like two or three during this homestand to start it? And then, that big game against Boston. So um, probably lean Arizona here. Um, and then I guess you got to go Hoover to a point, right? If it's still yeah, available, yeah. I know it was minus minus one ten last game. Um, four of his last five, I believe. Yep. Yeah. With a point and pretty good history against them. So <laughs> I guess why the hell not him? I mean, him and Sharon Govich have just been awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, they really have.
2: I don't know, you know, what else to say. I, I mean, Lindholm's been good, but he's always good. So, I mean, I'm, that's not surprising or anything. So, um, that line just seems to be working for Calgary. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably probably lean there. Um, one more thing I would probably say is um, whoever the goalie is going to be for Calgary, I guess it'll probably be Markstrom, probably his under saves. It seems like um, Arizona in general doesn't shoot a ton. So that will probably be a look I'll, I'll be looking at, depending on what the number is. I'm, I I wanted to back um, back uh, Swayman under um, in that last game, but I don't know what he ended up at or what his number was. So, again, it just it depends on marks. where they, where yeah, they go. Yeah, or, sorry, all marks. Start, or start, or that, or right. mark, yeah. Sorry, yeah, my, my mistake. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes they put those lines like 23 and a half, and it's pretty scary to take an under. <laughs> Yeah, at a yeah. number like that, it's, it's too low. So we'll see where it's at.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Calgary's... I mean, even that third third line of magiapani Apani, Backlund, and Coleman's been pretty great, too. magiapani's Apani's hit and each of his last five games overall, uh, each of his last five on the road in terms of points. Even Coleman, too, four of his last five, and then eight of his last ten on the road for points. They're both bettable numbers in this game. So I don't hate any of those um, in this game, but... Yeah, that's pretty much all I have here. Last game up on the slate. We got Boston at Vegas here. Vegas is a home dog plus 110 here. Um, over under at six, Vegas three and seven in their last 10, but good news for them. They are 14, four and two at home. So I guess that's kind of the bright spot of this team. Boston's on a two game losing streak five, three and two in their last 10 here. Bunch of question marks here. Obviously Allmark's kind of extended absence. Um Swayman came in for relief. He'll probably he'll definitely start this game yeah. here. Aiden Hill returns um tonight on Wednesday. So they'll wonder if you don't play him back to back games, but I doubt they will, especially if he's coming off that injury. Um Thompson's hurt as well. Uh so that's gonna be another issue here. And oh yeah, Thompson's questionable with illness. So I'll start with you here, Franco. Any looks in Boston, Vegas.
2: I feel like you have to wait until you see what happens tonight with VGK. I mean, it's a big game against Colorado. Mm -hmm. So, and they're going to be traveling too, right? I mean, it's not a big travel, but they're technically on the road going back home for Boston. So I would assume Boston's in Vegas waiting for them. I don't know if that's a good thing for Boston though. Um, (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, The night off before before the
0: game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I I, want to see how Vegas looks tonight. I think it feels like they might have, you know, they got that win. Maybe they're going to turn that corner. If they win tonight against Colorado, I might kind of want to lean them to come back and and take Boston too. I know it's difficult on a back-to-back, but Boston hasn't looked right particularly either. And, um, you know, there's nothing like a cure for losing to Arizona in the way they did than uh, to go to Vegas the next, uh, night and get hammered. So we'll see, we'll see what kind of shape they're in to start that game as well. You know, maybe, maybe take, uh, Vegas first period or something like that, um, with that thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, um, player props and stuff like that, I mean, I feel like you're getting value on geeky every game for Boston. Yep. That's a great call. On that, call. on that, that line. I, I just. I don't know why I'm not just betting every game. Um, I feel like it's just be an auto bet. Um, so I'm, I, I like that. And then uh, if I can get Mark Stone assist at a nice number, which I assume yeah. you probably can, he's got three and three games against them in the last couple of years. So um, typically the assist guy for for this team. So I, I like that look as well for Vegas.
0: Yeah. Betsky, uh, any looks for you in this one? Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard
1: to want to not pull the trigger on Morgan Geeky points right now. Um, as long as they keep those lines together. Um, seemed like Michard was heating up a little bit there. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe see if he's got some history with Vegas. Uh, Mark Stone assist is, I think it's about 70% hit at home. Uh, is plus 110 today. Um, that one's. Probably been something I've been overlooking. I just kind of noticed it today when I was doing my research. So that may be something I go back to, even though Swayman and the Bees are tough on goals. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, Marsha Schultz shots have been up and down and more on the upside lately too. His volume has been better. Get, I, I always get nervous with these back to back. So I always kind of want to see how the game goes for the team that's on the back and back first and then kind of reevaluate then though. Um, but I, I do like that Boston first period too, Franco. I think that's a nice one.
0: Yeah. Um, two other guys too that you mentioned for Boston or that you didn't mention for Boston too. That second line, uh, Coyle's been absolutely phenomenal as of late. Yeah. Um, uh, each of each his last seven. Yep. And Debrusque too. As well, he said in six of his last seven, both road dogs, uh, Coyle four of four of his last games on the road, and then Debrusque three of four, his last four games on the road. Hampus Lindholm, too, uh, after a disastrous start to the season, pretty much going without a point, which seemed like forever, um, now has points in four of his last five. So he could be an interesting look. Uh, I'm not sure what his history is against Vegas. Probably played them a bunch before, uh, not so much with Boston, but. That's kind of all I have. I don't mind the over here, depending on if Thompson's out with an illness and Hill doesn't start, uh, tomorrow. The over could be a look here. Swayman hasn't been as good as of late here, um, in terms of his games. So I don't mind the over at what six. I think we're I feel like that.
2: this is a sneaky over too. I, I mm-hmm. agree with you there. It's, it's six right now. Mass 120. Yeah. On the surface, you look at this and you're like, under, for sure. These two teams, under, under, under. But it this feels like it could be like a 3-3 game in the third period or something like that, yeah. and you already cashed your ticket. So
0: yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, I like that as well. All right, any closing thoughts? Mm, ah, no. I think we're good. Yeah, covered a lot today. All right, you guys want to shout out your socials one last time?
2: Franco the Banker on Twitter.
0: And Gretzky Betsky is on Twitter. Awesome. So, always, you can find me on Twitter as well, at GatorBetting, and our podcast, at ExpectedBets4. We appreciate everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.